Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life, encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends through perspectives of hope in Jesus Christ. What does sharing the gospel, equipping the church, and helping the forgotten mean for the Slavic Gospel Association? What is Operation Winter Warmth, and how are centers of heat and hope keeping communities warm in Ukraine? in sub-zero temperatures. Michael Johnson and Igor Bandura are with us from Rockford, Illinois, and Irpin, Ukraine, very close to Kiev, to share how we too might participate with heat and hope in Jesus' name. We pause here as we typically do at the beginning of our program to share how the love of Jesus Christ makes a difference in the lives of people. I'm talking, dear friend, I'm talking about the love of Jesus so strong. He died on the cross for your sins and mine. He shed his precious blood on that cross. He was buried. And three days later, he rose again from the grave. And the living Christ today reaches out to you, offering God's hope. And it is our prayer that, dear one, if you don't know the Lord, if you've never opened your heart to Jesus, that you would do that even today. Turn from your way to God's way. That's called repentance. And uh, dear friend, if you already know the Lord, well, I believe you're going to be built up today as you listen to Michael Johnson and Igor Bandura. Michael Johnson is the president at Slavic Gospel Association, where he previously served as vice president of advancement. Igor Bandura is the leader of the Baptist Union in Ukraine. He represents a grassroots network of more than 2,000 churches across Ukraine, that is local pastors and congregations helping their neighbors day after day as relentless missile attacks wipe out power stations and threaten a winter catastrophe. Michael, Igor, welcome to our show. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Thank you. It's my joy to participate. Igor, let me, let's me let start with you. Uh, I know you're there in Ukraine, near Kiev, uh, but where did you grow up? I was born in Ukraine, in western part of uh, Ukraine, uh, 52 years ago, when Ukraine was still a part of the Soviet Union, and I grew up in that godless country. And when I was a child, we even couldn't think that one day the empire would be destroyed without any war and Ukraine would become free country. I want to come back to you, uh, but I also want to ask Michael, Michael, where did you grow up? I grew up uh, just outside of Hartford, Connecticut, in a town called South Windsor. What was it like growing up there in South Windsor. Well, it was certainly a stark contrast to what Igor just articulated. 
Um, but uh, we, I grew up in a middle middle class home and um, went to church growing up, um, the Congregational Church. In fact, I think it was the same church that the noted theologian Jonathan Edwards grew up in. And um, and we, um, we had five kids in our in our family and. And um, I spent a couple of years in college after I got out of high school. And then when I was 19 years old, I went out to California and um, just to see what it was like. And, and I met this biker. His name was Danny Murphy. Uh, he led me to faith in Christ. And I, um, I uh, attended a Bible school and began to grow in my faith. And uh, from there, I entered the business world. And then got in, moved into ministry. Igor, who influenced you most in your growing up years? Like uh, maybe in a way that Danny Murphy influenced uh, young Michael. Uh, Who influenced you, Igor, in those early years? God was forming me through several godly men that keep faith even in that dark times. One of them was my father. His love to God, his care for the family, and his commitment to simple ministry in a local church was a great example for me. And of course, he shared with me about his father, who became a believer. He, in fact, he was the first believer in our family. He died very early. But he was very committed, and even his picture inspired me and brought me to the desire to follow his steps, which means to follow Christ's steps. And I also can mention several godly pastors that invested their life and wisdom into me when I was young, and they formed me, and... uh, taught me how to love the Bible and how to find the way of salvation through the teaching of Jesus Christ. And so this is when I wanted to become a preacher and later a pastor. You know, it's striking to hear both of your stories, just these early years. I know we're just touching on the surface, but... But to look at how the Lord has brought you together, I'm interested to see how how did the Lord work? Michael, you mentioned you were in the corporate world before working in nonprofits. How did mm-hmm. the Lord bring Michael Johnson and Igor Bandura together? Well, I'll just start out by saying that um, I eventually um, ended up working as an advertising executive in New York City. And I managed, and my wife was an advertising executive as well. So it was sort of in our blood, if you will. And I worked on some of the largest consumer brands in the world. And um, it was just a wonderful experience. And um, so we lived in Manhattan for three years. And then we moved out to the Bay Ridge section of Brooklyn. uh, And I attended the Evangelical Free Church there. While I was there, we um, took a short-term missions trip to the country of Albania back in the mid-1990s, not too long after that country opened up. And God began to show me what he was doing in the post-communist world, and I began, got interested in it, but I never really understood uh, how an advertising career could lead to ministry until the person who coordinated that um, trip 
called me up a few years later, and he had assumed the presidency of this particular ministry in the early in the in the late nineties. And he asked me if um, I would consider coming uh, to work for him here and leave the advertising business because, quote, we have a great story to tell about what God is doing through his faithful churches, churches that were persecuted for so many years in the former Soviet Union. Uh, and uh, we need we need a professional to help tell that story to the churches and the Christians here in North America. And um, and the Lord led us here. And so um, I worked at the ministry and we developed uh, the ministry together uh, for about seven or eight years. And then I left and uh, had to get my kids through college. So I was able to um, consult with many non-Christian ministries, helping them with their uh, strategies, their fundraising strategies. And then they brought me back as the president five and a half years ago. And um, and uh, at that point, um, uh, uh, I met Igor in Ukraine, and um, we've been working very closely together uh, because for us, um, during the years under communism, this ministry was in heavily involved in radio, Christian radio ministry and Bible distribution. But when the wall came down, we made a commitment to you know, the Baptist Evangelical Churches to serve their churches, uh, to support theological training, and then sponsor church planters to send them out into previously unreached towns and villages to plant new churches, and then equip them for ministry across a wide variety of uh, initiatives and projects that they have. And we can perhaps talk about that a little bit later, but Igor and I work very closely together and he's a wonderful brother and um, we're seeing tremendous fruit as a result of this partnership. Igor, your, your perspective on uh, your meeting Michael Johnson and being a part of the Slavic Gospel Association. Uh, Slavic Gospel Association was one of uh, the first uh, Christian organization from the West that came to uh, Ukraine uh, when Ukraine became independent. And God used SGA in tremendous way uh, to help uh, churches, to help to develop educational system, to print Bibles and, and Christian literature. And my pastor... Uh, was a good friend with the predecessor of uh, Michael, Dr. Robert Provost. And this is how I was introduced to Slavic Gospel Association. And later on, when I uh, was in the ministry in Kiev, in our Baptist Union, we met again when Michael became uh, president of Slavic Gospel Association. And it seems it just took a short time when we started to communicate and, and, and work together, and the vision we share, the way that um, SGA in general and uh, Michael personally believe how missions should uh, serve Christ through local national churches is very attractive. We believe that uh, Michael uh, and SGA uh, has probably uh, the most uh, powerful modern uh, missionary uh, approach, which brings a lot of fruits to concentrate many efforts and come and make local national churches stronger in the ministry. And this brings a lot of fruits. So we are working together just to find ways 
to implement uh, this uh, vision, particularly in Ukraine. And I am uh, I am learning a lot from uh, Michael. Uh, for me, he is like my 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 teacher in the area where he is a great expert, and uh, our partnership grew up into friendship. And I am grateful to God that together we can uh, do many good things for Christ's kingdom. You're listening to Igor Bandura. Igor is with us from uh, very near Kiev, Ukraine. And you're listening to Michael Johnson. Michael is the president of Slavic Gospel Association. Igor is the leader of the Baptist Union in Ukraine. When we come back from our break, uh, we'll talk with them about what is it like during the winter of war-torn Ukraine? And what is Slavic Gospel Association doing to provide heat and hope? Moments like these bring us to the brink of decision, the brink of opportunity, uh, a moment to be involved in a way that is pivotal, both practically and eternally. You can find out more at sga.org. Stay with us. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Michael Johnson, who is the president of Slavic Gospel Association, well, he began his career as an account manager and supervisor at highly respected international advertising agencies serving major consumer brands Igor Bandura was born in Ternopil City, Ukraine, and baptized. He was baptized in 1987, graduated from Odessa Theological Seminary in 1997, and in the same year was ordained as a pastor in the Grace Baptist Church in Odessa. You're listening to the Good Life Radio Program. Danny Yamashiro here. Thanks for being with us. You can find out more about Slavic Gospel Association at sga.org. And if you're tuning in right now, maybe caught the tail end of that last, this program is a podcast. Just go to drdanny.live or Apple, Spotify, or major podcast platform. Subscribe there. Igor, describe for us what it feels like during the winter of war-torn Ukraine. Winter can be very severe in Ukraine. Praise God, the last couple of weeks it was comparatively warmer. But uh, it is a very tough time 
not only because of the weather, but also because of the fact that Russia, through dozens of missiles and kamikaze drone attacks, destroyed almost 60% of our electrical generation. And uh, every day we have electricity cut off several times. A couple of weeks ago, we uh, had a complete uh, blackout when the entire Ukraine was without electricity. This is how Russia would like to uh, destroy Ukraine. They do not have, they cannot succeed in the front line, so they decided to destroy our infrastructure. And electricity is important, especially during winter time. Those houses and apartment buildings, if there is not electricity, there is not there is no water, no heating, no uh, telephone connections. Everything is stopped, and uh, people should live in a cold apartments, a cold house, very often without uh, possibility <clears throat> to prepare a hot meal. And in this situation, we try to encourage people and to help as much as possible to bring warmth and hope. Michael, take us further beyond that, as Igor described so vividly. What is Slavic Gospel Association doing to provide that heat and hope that is so, so desperately needed? Well, let me, I'm going to back up and give you a little perspective on how our ministry works, because we work uh, with a tremendous amount of efficiency. Um, we have offices and warehouses and distribution facilities uh, in Moscow, um, in Kiev, and in Minsk, Belarus. And so we have a fully staffed, um, fully staffed uh, infrastructure and uh, supply chain capabilities to get resources out uh, to virtually anywhere. We are connected to roughly 6,000 churches across the former Soviet Union, churches that are have each one of them are working very hard in their cities, towns, and villages to meet the physical and spiritual needs of the people um, in their regions. So, for example, when COVID hit, we engineered a a program called Christ Over COVID, Much Prayer, Much Power. We got people all over the world praying uh, for the people in the former Soviet Union, particularly since in many cases the economy collapsed. So we were able to transfer funds. We take those funds, they purchase food locally, they put food packets together, they get Bibles, and then they get lists from people in their from their governments, uh, people that are in need, and they just go out and they start knocking on doors and uh, blessing people and making contacts and leading people to Christ. And so we had already, you know, been through a similar process during COVID. And and the thing about our ministry is that uh, right around that time, we were working through the churches in Armenia and Azerbaijan. And at, during that time, those two countries went to war. And so we just shifted our focus from food to blankets and humanitarian aid to war victims um, in those two countries. So we try to remain politically neutral um, because our focus is working through the churches to minister to people both in word and deed. So um, uh, early part of 2022, uh, we had been in discussions with the leadership of the Ukrainian Baptist Union 
they saw that there was a good chance that this was going to that, that they saw this coming. So that, so there were plans in place uh, to minister to people um, internally displaced people uh, through their churches. And so when the war broke out, uh, you know, for the most part, the infrastructure was in place to equip churches in Ukraine uh, with humanitarian aid to minister to people uh, that were affected by the war. Many of those people um, were in the eastern part of the country where we had been ministering ever since, you know, through their churches ever since 2014 and 2015. And many of those people trying to get out of Ukraine into Eastern Europe, um, there was sort of a, I don't know, kind of an underground railroad, if you will, with people who were going from church to church, making their way across the country, uh, being ministered to by these churches until they were able to get out of the country. So uh, it was an incredible um uh, it has been an incredible ministry. Um, we're one of the main providers of humanitarian aid, and uh, we're able to get uh, funds to local churches so they could purchase uh, food locally and minister to people, but also we're working um, with a large group of churches in Poland, and we're shipping semi-trailers into Ukraine uh, for distribution, again, through those churches. Now, when uh, winter began to roll around and we began to see that uh, their infrastructure was being affected by the conflict, we came up with a uh, campaign that we called Ukraine Heat and Hope. And so anticipating that um, the winters were going to be harsh, knowing that they were going to be harsh. In fact, my vice president is over there today traveling throughout Ukraine. Um, we knew that um, people, many people, were going to be without electricity, without heat, without running water, basically. And so there was a place, there is a place where those people can now come, which is the local churches, where they can come and, you know, if they need to spend the night um, in a warm building, they can do that. Um, you know, uh, we'll, we're providing them, we're, we're providing many churches with, with um, generators um and food and blankets and humanitarian aid we're also providing wood and, and coal to people so they can bring them back to their homes and uh, basically these are just centers of heat and hope um uh, people can come and recharge their phones which is really critical to them and um it's just a place where people can come and not only get nourished physically but they can get nourished um spiritually as well and we're seeing tremendous fruit, and I'm going to turn that over to Igor so that he can talk about the thousands of new people that are coming to his churches. Yes, uh, we uh, have observed how uh, thousands, thousands of people, maybe first time in their life, open for themselves evangelical churches in Ukraine. When, for their amazement, they have found help from the very beginning of the war and during the time of the war. So I, I remember in uh, the beginning when everything was very chaotic and millions of people tried to evacuate to the Western Ukraine or even through Western Ukraine to Western Europe, how people found help in churches who helped to evacuate them who help people to stay overnight on the way, who uh, provided uh, church facilities for people to stay overnight or 
even for a couple of days, uh, feed people, help them, help to fill their tanks with uh, diesel or benzene, and providing all kinds of helps. And everything was with a prayer, with a short word of support. And due to this openness of evangelical churches, even for the last four or five months, we got reports only from our churches that about 3,000 new people have been baptized in our churches. And when we ask our churches how many new people started to visit churches on every Sunday church service, we got the number about 20,000 new people as a new committed attenders to the churches. So amongst all this terrible, uh, terrific situation of the world, with suffering of so many people, there is a hope and many people are uh, coming to Christ and uh, opening the Bibles, maybe first time in their lives, to look for the meaning to find answers and to find hope during the time of unfinished war. So we experience uh, many blessings in the most dark and in the most terrible time in our history for people in our country. Many blessings, Igor Bandura says, many blessings in the most dark and terrible time in the history of uh, the people of Ukraine. You're listening to Michael Johnson and Igor Bandura. Michael joins us from Illinois. Igor joins us from Ukraine. The infrastructure there is remarkable, as Michael described. Someone today, Michael, might say it, it, it is indeed amazing what has been built over these years and the setup that you have to touch people at the grassroots level, if someone listening today wants to participate, wants to be involved in Slavic Gospel Association, what what would you advise them to do? Well, uh, I think the first step for them would be to come to our website, which is sga.org. And, um, and because of the fact that we're, we're, my favorite verse as it relates to this ministry, uh, Jesus says in John 4, 37 and 38, for in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. This ministry provides opportunities for people all over the world. And we have offices in Canada and Great Britain, New Zealand and, and Australia. Uh, for all of the world to enter into the labor of these wonderful Christians or who are doing incredible work on the ground in their countries. Um, orphan ministries, humanitarian aid ministries, training ministries. Um, you know, we give pastors gifts at Christmas time. Um, um, just, just incredible work. And, and so we, we have the opportunity to help them do so much more through the resources that we can provide. And it's not like our resources are creating new projects. It's that our resources are being helping them 
to do more with the work that is already taking place over there so that more might hear, more might come to saving faith in Christ, and more might be discipled in strong Bible churches. So uh, in coming to our website, you can kind of, many different people have different giving preferences and different passions. And um, and we have giving projects for just about every Christian passion that one might have um, because of the work that is doing on the ground. And so giving giving people the opportunity to enter into that labor. Enter into that labor, sga.org. When we come back from our break, we'll talk with Igor. We'll talk about uh, the general attitude. What is the general attitude of pastors in Ukraine? He spoke about hope that many are feeling because of the support they are receiving. But what's his take on the general attitude? How are people coping with families that are being separated? What has he heard in terms of impact? As he's spoken with us about winter warmth, what more is needed? Stay with us. We'll be back with more. Wandering the road of desperate life, famously beneath the barren sky. What can we learn about evangelism? Danny Yamashiro here. Rebecca Manley Pipper wrote in her book, Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World. I once asked a woman if she felt comfortable about evangelism. Oh yes, she responded. I do it twice a week. Somehow it sounded more like taking multiple vitamins. Evangelism isn't just something you do out there and then get back to normal living. Evangelism involves taking people seriously, getting across to their island of concerns and needs and then sharing Christ as Lord in the context of our natural living situations. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Michael Johnson, the president of Slavic Gospel Association, is with us along with Igor Bandura. Igor is the leader of the Baptist Union in Ukraine, representing a grassroots network of more than 2,000 churches across Ukraine. You can find out more about Slavic Gospel Association at sga.org. Igor, what is the general attitude of pastors in Ukraine at this point in the war? Uh, when uh, I'm thinking about our pastors, I ha have a great respect to this godly man because they are in a special situation. Just to understand the situation where our pastors continue their ministry, just imagine that almost 300 churches are at the occupied by Russian army territories and 230 churches stopped to meet due to the fact that most people left the villages and towns and cities. 
And now we have not only refugees, but uh, as we call them, refugees, pastors. Pastors that are without churches. They are struggling with their identity and they are looking for the sense of their life and ministry. And we are trying to involve them into existing churches when they are spread all around Ukraine. More than 100 pastors had to leave Ukraine and they are spread all around European Union countries and even in Canada and in the United States. But even at the occupied territories, there are some pastors who are staying and ministering to people. Close to the front line where bombing is going on every day and every night, there are still dozens of uh, churches and pastors visit people, help them. Everything is changed. Many churches lost their buildings. For example, there are 47 church buildings that were either damaged or destroyed during these last 10 months of the war. In many churches, people decided to convert their premises into bomb shelters, into places where people can uh, stay and have meal. In many church uh, sanctuaries, during the week, they have beds for people to sleep and stay. And then on every given Sunday, they clean everything and conduct their church services. So many pastors are heroes of our time because they have compassion to people. They minister to people. They are staying with people, sharing Christ's love and any possible help. So we believe that God uh, would use pastoral ministry to people of our nation during the time of the war. And this ministry is very, very important. There's clearly growth taking place. You mentioned a few numbers in our last break. 6,000 people, 3,000 new people, 20,000 people coming to the churches. There's a, a, an open openness of heart in the midst of the desperation how are people coping with families being separated? The war brought uh, the huge challenge to probably to every, any family. The problem is that millions of people are divided. We are talking about almost 8 millions of people who left Ukraine and became, become refugees. And most of them are women with children. Men are staying in Ukraine and they are fighting and working to support the country. And millions of women are outside of the country. It means that families are divided. Praise God, they can communicate through the internet when electricity is there. But you can imagine how uh, how difficult it is for thousands of families to struggle with this division, with uh, women being outside, with children going to foreign schools, trying to study using foreign languages, when uh, women should raise children without men. And ev everybody has a great concern 
if people would meet again, if men would be still alive, if fathers and husbands would come back from front line, this is a tremendous pressure on every family in Ukraine. This is why as a church community, we try to serve families in any possible way to encourage families to help them to cope with uh, trauma, uh, to cope with life situation, to help financially and with other things, uh, the most vulnerable of them, and of course, praying and encouraging people to plan the return of women from the Western countries to plan and pray and dream about reunion of the families because if we believe in our victory, if we believe in the future of Ukraine under God's blessings, we would like to see strong Ukrainian Christian families living together in love, in harmony, in unity, raising children, working, living happily, glorifying God. Amen. Planning and Planning and dreaming of that reunion that is to come. Michael, you're building a ministry, you're part of a ministry and building that that has grown on the solid biblical and ministry foundation laid by Peter Dinica, Bob Provost. What is it that you're taking from your predecessors that you're applying in such an seemingly overwhelming situation, but in a way that produces fruit that can impact lives at the grassroots level? Well, we exist to serve the churches of the former Soviet Union, as well as the churches in Israel, as many, many people may know, roughly 30% of the population of Israel is Russian. And so we're training pastors and helping in church planting among the Russian community in Israel as well. So um, we exist to, one, train their sound theology, um, um, homiletics, um, exegesis, um, you know, hermeneutics. uh, Because when the wall came down, most people know that Russia and those countries missed the Reformation, so there wasn't a real theological training infrastructure there. So, you know, we established seminaries uh, in Russia and Ukraine and Belarus and, and, and Kazakhstan and Tajikistan. And, and now we're supporting one in Israel, as well as we do a lot of online, you know, um, Bible um, training uh, as well throughout all those countries. So is the first um, priority for us because it's the first priority for them. And so, um, so we established these schools and these training institutions, and the goal early on was to train the next generation of teachers and leaders and then turn these schools over to them, which we have been able to successfully do. So once they're trained, then we send them out in the previously unreached towns and villages to preach the gospel and, and plant new churches and evangelize those regions um, so that more might hear and more might come to saving faith in Christ. And then they are involved in so many different kinds of ministries, as I mentioned, children's ministries, orphan ministries, compassion ministries, humanitarian aid, 
you know, we we have an we have an aviation ministry out in Far East Russia that is, um, you know, ministering north of the Arctic Circle among all these unreached people groups. So we have access to incredible, you know, ministry opportunities all over those countries in a, in countries that represents a population of somewhere between 280 and 300 million people through this really strong network of churches. So in coming ministry, I inherited this wonderful ministry. And my expertise is is um, is communication, strategy, and fundraising. So for us, you know, the more funds we can raise, the more we can equip them, so that more ministry can get done. So I I you know I I described that ministry to uh, Dr. John MacArthur about three years ago as we talked because you know they were one of our partners for many years on the training side. And uh, and so he looked at me and and uh, I, ex- I explained to him exactly what I just said to you. And he had this sort of blank look on his face. He goes, yeah, it is a great ministry. That's because it's biblical. And so <laughs> I really agree with him on that. And um, and we continue to see tremendous fruit. And one of the advantages that I think we have is that because we do not have Western missionaries over there, you know, when you know, when Russia closes up or when a war takes place, many of the Western missionaries have to take their, remove their 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 personnel from the field. And our ministry has just flourished because of the fact that we have this infrastructure set up and, and um, yeah, and we can fund those churches uh, so that they can do more among uh, these early dis- internally displaced people. And, and I just want to add that we're not only ministering to, you know, uh, Ukrainian refugees in Ukraine, but we're ministering to them in other countries that have, they have flocked to as well, countries such as Kazakhstan, um, uh, Georgia, uh, Moldova, uh, even Russia, uh, where h- hundreds of thousands of, of Ukrainians have crossed the border into Russia, and the Russian Baptist churches are ministering to them in, in, in that country as well. So um, I, I've just inherited this wonderful ministry, and and we have been growing and flourishing, and God is really blessing our work, and um, and I literally cannot believe I get to do this. A biblical ministry, clearly God is blessing the work at hand, a work that has gone on for, well, we're talking about the 1920s, 34, 34 yeah. 20s, you know, 90 plus 90 hundred years mm-hmm. and God is blessed Reverend the Reverend Peter Dinica would say his motto much prayer much power little prayer little power no prayer no power when we come back I'd like to talk a bit about prayer but also to pray and I'd like to ask you Michael and and Igor to pray as we pray and as our listeners pray. There are lessons that you can share, Igor, from suffering to people who are suffering. Our listeners across the United States, but around the world who are listening to our radio ministry, our podcast, a time of sharing from SGA.org. You can find out more there. Stay with us. We'll be back. This is Danny Yamashiro. Don Pick Benson wrote, When I was growing up, my dad was a farmer, not a Christian. 
He had little interest in faith, having been told by his father that the Bible was a fairy tale. But then a local pastor took an interest in my dad, asking if he could help plow the fields on the weekend. That one act of service spoke louder than words ever could to my dad. By his actions, the pastor made my dad feel loved, and that did more than any preaching could have. He didn't need convincing about the theological correctness of the Bible. He needed to feel God's love for him. This pastor met that need in a practical way, and that's evangelism. Listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Slavic Gospel Association, well, their website says pain and suffering, violence and bloodshed, heartbreak and hopelessness are part of every headline today. But for the family of faith, we see the other side of the story. The story of God's people sharing hope, passing on the gospel, passing on the love of God in Christ Jesus. Slavic Gospel Association, sga.org. Find out more there. Partner with them. Participate in the work at hand. Do that. sga.org. Michael Johnson, the president, Igor Bandura, who leads the grassroots ministry there, they're with us. Prayer is so important. Uh, Igor and Michael, Igor you, Igor, you go first. What lesson or lessons might the Lord share with someone who is suffering today from the context of the suffering in Ukraine? I may share with you the first that I experienced during the first days and the first weeks of the war. There was a lot of confusion, many sufferings, many things we couldn't comprehend. Our future was not clear. We didn't know if the country would survive, if we would survive, if our family would survive. And in that desperate situation, the best we could do was just to spend time in prayer. Just a simple prayer, not just thinking about prayer, not just meditating about prayer, not reading deep books on prayer, just spending time to pray, to pray together. So we did very simple things. We couldn't understand many things, so we didn't preach to each other, but we read a lot of Bible passages. And what we have experienced, that Bible was so powerful that the word of God, which does not speak about Ukraine, was so clear about our situation in Ukraine in the beginning of war. that It was like every Bible passage we read was speaking directly to our hearts in our situation. I even cannot explain you how it was happening, but we believe it was the Holy Spirit working in our hearts and minds through the simple 
passages from the Bible. And we have been encouraged. And then we just pray. We pray for each other. We pray for people. We cry. We uh, plead pleaded to God and asked for his protection, his support. We ask him to give us strength and power. And step by step, day by day, he was strengthening us through these two simple but powerful means, the word of God and the prayer. And God did really the miracle. When everybody expected when Ukraine fall down and Russian army would march uh, through the uh, streets of our capital, uh, Kiev, to the end of the first week, we all have strong insight, feeling, and what price Ukraine would have to still pay. But we were sure that Ukraine would not only survive, but would get victory in this terrible war. And God did this during the first week of the war just through prayer and the word of God. So friends, we experienced that when we were at the very bottom of our existence during the first days of the war. God's grace was sufficient through powerful work of the Holy Spirit during the time of prayer. If he did this for us, in our desperate situation, he definitely can do this to all of you when you just simply turn your hearts and your minds and spend time praying to him, waiting for him, and looking for the answers from his word. Pastor Bandura and Michael, in the remaining four minutes or so that we have, Pastor Bandura, would you lead in a prayer for someone who is suffering today, listening to this program. And also, Michael, if you can pray a prayer of encouragement as well as we close our show today. Father God, we know that your grace is sufficient even when we are going through the valley of death. You were faithful to us in our sufferings, and we are still alive, and we keep hope, and we, and we move forward. We know that Suffering comes from different sins. Of course, the war is probably the worst thing that can happen to the nation. But there are so many sufferings, even when there, are, there is not a war. But God, we believe that your grace is sufficient for any of us, for everybody who is listening to this radio podcast. And I ask you, God, in your mercy, and in your goodness, give your sufficient grace to everybody who is suffering. Give them hope. Give them word of God to their hearts and their minds and make them strong. Make them uh, peaceful in you and show to everybody the perspective of your grace and make hearts of those who are suffering Strong in your Father's love. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Michael? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful program and um, with Danny and his passion that he has uh, for the spread of your word uh, throughout our country. Um, we thank you for each and every listener uh, that is listening today. And uh, we just 
pray, Father, that we can be an encouragement to them. And for us, we receive story after story after story after story of people who have been caught up in this conflict. Um, and the foundations of all those countries are being shaken right now. And people are looking down the road in many of those countries wondering what's going to happen next. Uh, and only in that kind of a situation um, uh, can you work in their hearts and in their minds in the way that you're working in many of the peoples, in the hearts of many people in Ukraine right now. So uh, as I think about just some of the struggles that I have here, um, I read about these stories and these people that are just really um, having a difficult time in Ukraine, but I also see their hope. And I just pray that that hope um, can resonate with the people who are listening today, uh, people who may be struggling. And we thank you, Lord, again, as Igor says, for your grace and for your love, for your unconditional love. And for those that haven't come to a saving faith in Christ, I pray, Father, that uh, you can work in their hearts so they might reconcile their sins to you um, so that they can live eternally with you through the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. And I ardently pray that, and I thank you for the opportunity to share the story of these wonderful Christians, uh, Christians whose fathers and grandfathers and pastors grew up in just incredible under incredible pressure, under incredible persecution. And those churches are being built upon the foundation of very courageous people, but also on the blood of the martyrs. And that makes them so much more motivated to recognize this incredible opportunity even in the midst of war, for one of the greatest opportunities for the proclamation of the gospel in the history of those countries. And they are pushing headlong into that, sharing your love and sharing the truth of your word to the people uh, throughout their regions. And so I thank you, Lord, for this day, and, and, and I commit our time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Lord, I do thank you for Pastor Igor Bandura. Michael and Michael Johnson, and for the work that you have them leading and the many lives that are being touched in Ukraine in, uh, through the Ministry of Slavic Gospel Association. Bring healing, bring provision, bring the spirit of hope and joy and peace. Lord, touch and move in powerful and miraculous ways. Move powerfully, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. amen. Pastor Igor and Michael, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm very grateful. Thank you. We enjoyed it. Thank you, Dr. Benny. An opportunity to partner with Slavic Gospel Association, sga.org. Dear friend, this is Opportunity Time from Michael Johnson and Igor Bandura. Again, sga.org. God's timing is perfect. And look, there's no better time than right now to share the love of Jesus with someone near you. And hey, if you haven't done so, look, this might be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus Christ. Go to drdanny.live for next steps and find resources to reach family and friends. Go ahead, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Michael Johnson and Pastor Igor Bandura, sga.org. Until next time, along with my producer, David Nasora, Creative Director Brian Torres, Social Media Director Luke Yamashiro, and Guest Coordinator Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you. 
as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with The Good Life.